Welcome to Smart Parent Successful Students Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos. I run a tutoring company for K through 12 students who need help with reading, math, writing, study skills, ACT, SAT, prep, and more. My tutors work both virtually and in person. We specialize in really getting to know your kids and helping them thrive. I was a teacher and leader in a Georgia school system for 25 years. I saw what worked and what didn't. And there are definitely some gaps that teachers can't touch, which is why our tutors are so important. Teachers can only do so much. I'm here to bridge that gap between parents and teachers to help your kids become successful in school and beyond. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Smart Parents Successful Students. And you know me, I'm your host, Helen Panos. And today I have another guest with uh, with us today, and it's um, Anna Oshinsky. Hopefully I pronounced that right. (laughs) I never asked her how to pronounce it, but I'm pretty good with um, different last names since uh, mine is different. And I had a much longer name before. You don't want to know that one (laughs) when I was teaching. Um, So I'm excited to have Anna on because she is one of my newer tutors, but very, very good at what she does. Extremely good. I'm very impressed. And so I um, asked her to join us because she also has like a reading endorsement. And I know reading is such a big deal. And even our Georgia legislature is really focusing on reading um, this year uh, when they spoke about it in the uh, uh, Georgia legislature in their assembly. So um, I know reading is extremely important, but first of all, I want to welcome you to the show, Anna. Thank you so much, Helen. I'm excited to be here with you. Well, thank you. Um, And let's just start right off by you telling us a little bit about what made you become a tutor. And if you want to say what made you become a teacher, that's fine, too. (laughs) Of course. Uh, So ever since I was a little girl, I've always wanted um, to be a teacher. Initially, I was drawn to elementary age students, but the more I explored education as a calling, the more I desired to work with older students during their middle and high school years. Um, And so that led me to um, full-time teaching. So I've been a teacher for the last three years um, and have been diving into tutoring and working with students one-on-one. The adolescent mind is so fascinating to me. And through teaching and tutoring, I'm blessed with a unique opportunity to be one of my students' biggest supporters, while at the same time challenging them to achieve more than they ever thought possible for themselves. Yeah, it is. A, they do have an interesting mind, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> I love the middle school students, and you, and you deal more with the high schoolers, right, nowadays? Yes, yeah. yes, I do. Is your certification, is it all high school or... So I'm certified fifth through 12th grade. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Can you share some of your strengths as a teacher and what, and and, you know, you probably have used them in tutoring and what those have revealed when it comes to helping kids. And, you know, we're going to talk more about reading, I believe. Yes. So um, some of my strengths as a tutor teacher um, is student engagement. So I really believe that if a student is not engaged or interested in what they're learning, whether it's reading, whether it's math, whether it's science, um, they're not going to to receive the knowledge. Um, And this doesn't mean it has to be their favorite thing in the world, um, 
but there has to be some sense of engagement. And that can even come from my own enthusiasm um, as a teacher or how I present the content. Um, another strength is catering towards different learning styles. Um, I think that is the task of a teacher. You have a classroom full of individuals and it is your responsibility to cater towards all these different learning styles. So bridging visual, auditory, kinesthetic all together can really help your, help your students. And then finally, um, creativity and structure. So you have students that thrive with being creative, whether it's um, a reading piece or a writing prompt, but then you have students that are more math and science brained who need more of a structure or formula. So kind of providing that structure, but allowing students to thrive within that structure. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yep, I agree. All of that is right on on the money. <laughs> um, definitely interests and, um, you know, all of that. Kids definitely, if you ask them to read something, they're just not going to really do it for you <laughs> if, mm -hmm. if they're not somewhat interested in it. So when when tutoring or teaching, what are like a couple of uh, weaknesses that you see most kids have? So I think at um, many levels, this can, this can affect students, but I see um, issues with reading comprehension. Um, and reading comprehension really has three parts to it. It has the reading part, the processing part, and the understanding part. So if you can't do the first part, you're not gonna get to the second part. And the same, if you can't read and process, then you won't achieve the understanding that is at the, the heart of reading comprehension. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I like the way you said that. Um, so um, are you seeing the most difficulty with the processing or I, I assume they get stumped right there? <laughs> um, or is it more the understanding? Probably between the processing and understanding, um, because it depends on language exposure, the, mm. the type of text, um, the type of the genre. Um, Maybe but also, vocabulary too, I would say. Exactly. But also if, if students struggle with that reading piece, even that can, that can hinder students as well. Mm -hmm. And some of them like to uh, block it out if they see it's too long, right? They already mm -hmm. mentally have like stopped themselves from even even reading it versus processing it. Yes. <laughs> um, so what is one strategy or solution that you can share today with parents that may help their child be successful in reading? Sure. Um, so within my classroom, um, even within tutoring, uh, there's kind of three, I call them like the three A's of reading comprehension. Um, and each A has to do with each of the steps. So the first A um, is audiobooks. So this can help students who um, might be a slower reader, which myself as a student, I benefited from audiobooks because it helped pace me. But mm -hmm. you can't just listen and not have the text in front of you. That's, that's where you true. bring that's where you bridge those different learning styles together. So being able to follow along and visually and um, hear what you are reading um, can help pace and help students be more comfortable with longer passages or more, mm -hmm. more complex language. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. 
Um, I know, gosh, I think a big deal is vocabulary, right? Mm -hmm. And how, what's, how do you get, I mean, I'm seeing this right now where we're working with some kids who just are taking some practice SSATs and where they're getting hit upon is like, number one, analogies, number two, vocabulary, Mm -hmm. for sure. Because you can't even do the analogies if you don't know these vocabulary words that they're using. So how do you, how would you say, what's a good like tip that you can give parents to help build up that vocabulary? Number one, I think they got to start young. Number two, they got to read a lot, right? But they got to be willing to look up the words. (laughs) Oh, exactly. Um, So obviously start when they're young. Like there's so much research behind how many words students can even be exposed to before they they go into kindergarten. Um, But what I've seen is my students who enjoy more personal leisure reading outside of school, they naturally have a better vocabulary because they're exposed to more words. Um, And even if you get to a test and are asked, what does this word mean? Um, Even if you don't know that word, you are comfortable with reading enough that you can use context clues to figure out what that word means. Also, I encourage my students, um, especially with technology today, they have their phones right there. If you get to a word you've never heard of, just look it up really quick. Right. Um, And and then you have that in your mind. Mm -hmm. In my day, you had to go get up, go find a dictionary. (laughs) (laughs) You can just ask your watch. (laughs) I remember those big dictionaries, actually, even when I was teaching in the back of the room, like we had one set, we had to go get them out of the book room during pre-planning. You probably laugh at this because you're much younger, Mm -hmm. but we had to go get a set of dictionaries that were this Mm -hmm. big, right? They were huge. And um, go get them, drag them into the classroom, sit them back there and rarely were they used, I hate to say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this is before the one-on-one tablets and personalized you know, learning and technology and but you're right I mean it's so easy even I do this I mean sometimes I still come across words I don't know and I'm like wait a minute let me go look it up right now so I know what it is because mm-hmm. I mean another way I think might be um, flashcards and using um, is a quizlet is a good yes. um, students love the quit love quizlet yeah, I like it too. And then you can mm-hmm. also print those, make them into flashcards, right? And then rearrange them and maybe play a game with them even mm-hmm. and make it a little more interesting parents so that they will learn these vocabulary words. Because when they get older and they have to take an SSAT to get into a private school or they have to take the SAT or the ACT when they're in high school, I'm telling you, that is really a lot of times nowadays is stumping kids because a lot of kids, even girls are, are getting more STEM oriented, right? So they focus more on the sciences and the maths, and then they're weaker in the reading because they're so interested in the science and math. Mm-hmm. But I would, I would suggest parents that even, you know, when there's down times, meaning yes, during breaks, during spring break, during winter breaks, during, you know, summer breaks, you must have your child still reading. It's not a break. <laughs> do you agree with that, Anna? Yes, I do. And the, the more you can cultivate interest in reading, not from a place of you need to read this book and this week, and we're going to do all these things with this book, but even going to a bookstore, going to a library, like exposing students, not just ordering something online, but really showing 
students, like there's this world of knowledge out there. Yeah, there's this vast array of books. And mm-hmm. and I know this this age group today is like, what's a book? But uh, <laughs> I I know you're tutoring a couple of girls for us out of California and even mm-hmm. and you're doing some reading, and you're doing some writing. And the one of well, the first things I said to the mom when she said, How can you get me get my children interested in reading? And I said to her, number one, even though it's it may be summertime, they must go to the library. They must go expose them to a public library. Mm-hmm. They need to have their own card. They need, you know, they'll see. I mean, I used to love that as a child. You know, you get to see, I mean, you're not going to get the same feel going on Amazon and yes. skimming all these books, right? There's something still to this day about seeing, touching, opening the book, seeing all the colorful pictures, especially if your children are very young, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I don't know. I just, I think that's just exciting for a, a little child. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I fell in love with Curious George, okay? I love him. So mm-hmm. when I still go to a library, I go to the children's section and I mm-hmm. just look around to see what all is there now, but I always still go back to one of my favorites. <laughs> yes. A special message from Dynamis Learning Academy. We know how COVID changed the world. Parents have always worried about the summer slide, but now children will be battling the COVID slide this year as well. Dynamis Learning Academy will help close gaps in writing, math, and reading through tutoring and special workshops. At the end of the day, teachers can't do everything, but as a parent, you can reach out to us to help your child soar. Contact Dynamis Learning Academy at 770-282-9931 or go to our website at dynamislearningacademy.com. Now, if parents have kind of waited a little bit longer and they're now hearing this, let's say, and they're like, gosh, I waited too long. I should have started them when they were like four or five and, and taken them to a library or, you know, it's never too late. Right. Would you say, Anna? You no, it is it? never it is never too late. I mean, you think about adults who get into reading later in life um, and it doesn't have to be everything at once. It doesn't have to be reading a book a day. Um, it's really just, you know, one one's one foot in front of the other and and just starting somewhere. It could even be not even a full book. Maybe it's, maybe they like articles or maybe kind of smaller pieces. Um, and there's so much access online that you can start right. with smaller. smaller. And, you know, I mean, I do a lot of that because I'm an entrepreneur, so I'm reading a lot more articles. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, at, at the very least, have them find something of interest online to start reading and then mm-hmm. get them hooked in and then say, hey, you know, let's go to the library. I want to show mm-hmm. you something. Um, so um, even if they don't read a book from cover to cover, um, I, I I hate to say this, I tend to not do that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. As an entrepreneur, I have limited time, but I am looking at the table of contents and I'm looking for how to grow my business, let's say, or something like that. But right, right now I'm reading a book on leveraging. And so I'll look at the table of contents and I'm like, hmm, okay, I know how to leverage my time. I know how to leverage people. Oh, maybe I need to go straight to this thing about systems. So I'll mm-hmm. go straight to that chapter. So yeah, I would I would suggest, I don't care if they do that. <laughs> yes. Older kids might do something more like that because they're not 
thinking I don't need to read this Ford and all this mm-hmm. other stuff ahead of time because these books are much thicker now. Yeah, and I would um I would also if you're having a hard time parents trying to get them to read is maybe dedicate a certain day of the week. I said this to our parent um Anna at first like you can have a family read day and it's always mm-hmm. on the same day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and very few things should alter that maybe emergencies or, you know, you have a family mm-hmm. outing, whatever, but, um, a family affair, you're out of town, you could still do it. Um, mm-hmm. if it works out yeah. in your schedule, but you could pick like a Sunday night after dinner, seven thirty eight before they go to sleep and mm-hmm. you can all drop. I, I remember this thing called deer drop everything and read. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's kind of how you, I would pose this to families is on a Sunday night. It's a, a dear Sunday. <laughs> yeah, And it goes back to, it goes back to parent modeling. Like the same thing goes with phones. If you're, if your child sees you on your phone, they're going to think that's okay. All the, if they see you on your phone all the time, right. Uh, same thing with reading. If they see you reading, they're going to be like, Hmm, maybe this is something worthwhile growing up. My mom, my mom read a lot. And so that would always motivate me. Mm-hmm. Um, to read as well. Right. And I, I, my mom would do prayers in the morning and definitely always remembered her doing it at night. Mm-hmm. And I'd see her reading, sitting down and reading out mm-hmm. of the book. So yeah, parents, I, I'm talking with you too about the deer uh, on a Sunday or whatever day you choose. That might not be the best day for your family, but a lot of times families are already in after five o'clock. That is a good time. That kind of kicks off the week, kind of sets the tone as well for the week before they go back to school on a Monday, but everybody should be reading. That's parents too. Just like Anna said, you're the role model and you could be reading something you've been trying to get to yourself, uh, whether it's for your work, whether it's something you've been wanting to read as a book, you know, this is a great time to do it. Everybody's reading. And then you could sit down and leave 20 minutes and everybody just talk five minutes about, you know, what did you just read or learn? Um, Maybe it could be vocabulary words. You might ask them. That might be the routine. You ask them, what vocabulary words did you learn? And they can highlight. I'm sorry. Highlighters are still great. I oh, still for sure. Them. I use them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what is, um, what is uh, you know, a quick story you can say or tell our audience about a strategy that you did have used to help a student and explain how that was successful for them, whether it's in the classroom or you, you tutored? Yeah, this so, strategy. so something I found that helps with kind of the processing understanding piece of reading comprehension is annotations, which is simply note taking. Um, I love for my students in the classroom, um, also students that I that I tutor to really engage with the text by jotting down their reactions or circling things that are important or highlighting. I also have students who prefer to use sticky notes if they don't want to write in their books. So there's a lot of different ways, but doing that really helps um, bridge that that understanding. Um, And something, an activity I really liked to use with students is is close reading. And it's just like it sounds. So it's um, reading something closely. And there's kind of three phases that we looked at. So, um, and this is based on a graphic I use from Smekin's Education Solutions, but the first phase has to do with reading glasses. So looking at what you are actually reading. Mm. The second has to do with a microscope. So zooming in and looking at how the text actually says what you're reading. And then the third phase is zooming out that telescope. Um, Why does the text matter? 
you have to get to the purpose of the text because students always want to know the purpose. Um, and once you kind of achieve that understanding, that's when that integration of learning happens with students' prior knowledge. Um, and that's how they achieve effective reading comprehension. That's awesome. Yeah, purpose. Why? The why? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that, that, that formula. So I appreciate you coming on today and um, sharing your knowledge um, with, you know, the fact you have that reading endorsement and you're you're using annotation. I know you're going to be doing um, a great series for us on some reading strategies here uh, that will probably roll out in August. That actually may roll out before uh, this podcast does or around the same time. So definitely uh, everybody definitely reach out and look at my website, dynamuslearningacademy.com. So you'll see those blogs when they come up. Um, you can also, uh, you know, email me at info at dynamuslearningacademy.com to get on our newsletter because you will definitely get them through the newsletter because they'll roll out one week at a time. And I think there's three, right? Is that correct, Anna? Yes. Yeah, yeah we're going to talk about annotations. What, what were the other two? Um, audiobooks and analysis. Yeah. So we're going to talk in detail about that here. We just kind of touched upon it, but you can also catch Anna on a Lunch and Learn series with me live in August. Um, we're going to be talking about these things probably again and possibly a little bit. Um, we're doing a series of blogs on artificial intelligence because that's a big deal. And I think a lot of public schools are not talking about it yet, which surprises me. <laughs> so we're going to be doing, um, I had a podcast, I guess it just uh, is going to be in this series as well. Um, you can catch that on artificial intelligence, but Anna's going to do us a series of three blogs on artificial intelligence and how, you know, how it, parents, what they need to be aware of, what, what can they do to use that correctly and, you know, things to watch out for, right? Just like everything, the good and the bad. <laughs> so um, everyone, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and day, and we will see you again on the next episode of Smart Parents, Successful Students. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Smart Parents Successful Students Podcast. I hope this episode has been insightful and inspirational. Wherever you're listening, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to get the next episodes and to join our email list by going to www.dynamuslearningacademy.com backslash podcast backslash. Also, it would warm my heart if you reviewed the podcast on Spotify and shared it with your community. And remember, I believe that every child would benefit from getting extra support outside the classroom, whether they are struggling or are part of an advanced or gifted program, because teachers just can't do it all. Please connect with me about our K-12 tutoring, SAT or ACT prep classes, and writing workshops to help your child excel in school. I can be reached through email at helen at dynamuslearningacademy.com or by phone at 770-282-9931. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.